0: Well, hello, everyone. I'm Rev. Carla. Welcome to Spirituality Matters. Now I invite you to settle in and find that sacred space between here, where I am, and there, where you are. And let us be reminded that the Holy transcends our physical bodies, and our time together is just as sacred and meaningful as if we were sitting beside one another. Okay, so let's get started. Today's podcast is titled, Is That God Speaking to Me?, This theme is about how our souls hear from God because I believe that we do. But I'm going to offer just a gentle word of caution here because depending on your religious experiences this topic today could be triggering for you. Now we've often um, spoken about religious trauma which is very real and we'll discuss that even more in future episodes but for today i just want to remind you that that could come up for you if you are involved or experiencing religious trauma so from my history a common phrase that i would often hear in my religious experience was something like this sister carla god told me to tell you and then that phrase was typically followed by some kind of work that I was being required or asked to do inside a church or a project or something like that. Or sometimes it was also a judgment about something in my life. Now, it's very hard to argue with that phrase when someone starts it with, God told me to tell you, because what are you going to say? No, you did not hear from God about me, but it is a very passive aggressive um, uh, phrase and I have worked through my own religious trauma related to that because so often it was used as a way to control me. Now, I will also say, however, that I do receive spiritual wisdom, so I'm not discounting the fact that people do hear from God on behalf of other people. But what I find interesting is that when I hear from God on things that I am to offer to other people, it's never about work that they are to do free for me. So I just want to offer that to you as um, my own spiritual insight to use your own discernment and wisdom on what is being offered to you by other people and how it ends up benefiting you and your spiritual growth versus the person who's offering that wisdom to you. Now, I'm going to come out of that rabbit hole because we could make a whole topic about just that alone, but let's do get into today's topic about how we know if we're truly hearing for God from God and it's not just you know are we acting on a hunch or something else so I want to start by saying this sometimes you just don't know if you are hearing from God and that's going to be hard to hear because you know I'm not I, I'm not intuitive about all these things and I'm not going to pretend like I am But when you don't know if you're hearing from God, that's just your time to stand still and be patient and not act in haste. We have all been there. Whatever is happening to you where you're feeling like you're being disconnected or you're not getting the answers or the wisdom that you're needing on for a direction in your life, that's a very common situation to be in. It's not because you're a bad person. It's not because you're somehow spiritually detached or disconnected. It happens to us all. So let's Let's use a couple of examples though of things that you might be doing that can help you in the future when you're when you're looking for wisdom or you're looking for direction in your life. Sometimes the way we're doing that can actually blocking us or inhibiting spiritual wisdom. And what do I mean by that? So let's say that you're really wanting to receive direction, but you already have a preconceived notion about how you want things to turn out in your life, whether it's about a relationship, someone that you want to have a relationship with, or a job that you really want, but you're not sure that you should take, but you already have an idea of what how you want things to go so you're taking that intention into your prayer time or your meditation or your counselor or whatever you're doing you're going full force into there but you've already got an idea of how you want it to go so in other words you're playing the part but you're not really open to spiritual wisdom you're pretending to be that's hard to hear but a lot of us do that but I'm going to advise you to take caution and slow down and really think about what your intentions are when you're wanting to hear from God. So sometimes what we'll do is, let's say that you are you are being encouraged to seek wise counsel or seek prayer or whatever it is, however it is that you're moving forward to talk to, to get wisdom on a situation. Okay, so to get direction on something that you're supposed to do. And you receive a nudge from someone who comes in and says, hey, I heard that you got this offer that I'm so excited for you and you say yes that's all I need I'm going to move forward with my life just based on that information alone that isn't necessarily uh, something from God that is not necessarily direction from God There are just some things time in our lives where we just need to pause and open our hearts silence our egos calm our minds and ensure our soul that we are willing and open to receive wisdom. Someone just coming through the door and telling you congratulations on something isn't necessarily spiritual wisdom. Can it be? Yes, and this is where it can be, get very frustrating and confusing, but it all comes together. So I do believe that divine wisdom and answers can come to us in many forms and at any time, but The best way to know that we are hearing from God is when we create the sacred space to invite this divine wisdom to come to us. That creates a space where we are more open and willing to be a vessel for hearing and discerning what is meant for us and possibly what is meant for someone else. So now let's hang on to that last part. I'll come back to that. But spirituality is not about showing others how spiritual you are. So in other words, if you're in this situation where you're seeking spiritual guidance and spiritual wisdom and you're trying to contemplate what your next steps are, it isn't about reflecting or sharing your experiences with others yes it can be a form of inspiration but more importantly it's about your relationship with god it's about your relationship with the divine and how that works for you not necessarily to share with others so sometimes our intentions for even hearing from god can be inhibiting us if our only intention is to be able to share with others how spiritual we are So this path, this journey of our relationship with the Holy is about our inner growth, our self-awareness and our perpetual connection to the Holy. That is what expands our awareness and our compassion. Because if we're on this journey to be more kind, to be more loving, to be more patient, to be more tolerant, to be a better versions of ourselves than how we were yesterday. That can't happen if it's only happening when we're in the middle of some kind of crisis or dilemma or needing direction. This kind of spiritual guidance comes with a disciplined practice. And what I mean by a disciplined practice can be simply... Maybe that's in the morning when you're pausing and you light a candle and you spend time meditating and being reminded that something bigger than you is at work here. Maybe that's all you need to be able to open your heart. Maybe it's in an intense study. Maybe it's in some kind of group study. Maybe it's in some kind of program. But whatever it is, finding those elements of sacred pieces that work together for you to hold so it becomes the container that holds your spirituality so that is what you turn to when you are facing a situation where you are being invited to consider the next steps of your life so that means that your spiritual responsibility is about this human vessel how we show up in the world and how it takes care of the soul because the soul is our connection to God. Because if we're focusing on that first, then our prayer life begins to reflect it. Then when we are facing a crisis or a dilemma, it becomes more natural and easy for us to just move into that space and know the pieces that we need to have in place and how we are already Expected to hear from God because we are now. Let me caution you here because this is—I know this is very confusing and it can be over—it can be overwhelming. Because even for me, as someone who routinely journals and uses my spiritual practices to make sure I'm in alignment with what God is asking of me, there are many times where I don't feel the presence of the divine. Now, what do I mean by that? Let's say that I spent my time in my spiritual practice this morning and didn't receive any words of wisdom or kind of a calming presence, which is very common for all of us, not just me. There's nothing special about my spirituality. But sometimes it's just not there. I'm not feeling anything, but I'm not panicked. Because what I know from that moment is that I have peace in knowing that in my past, I have set a path for hearing from God. So what that tells me for where I am right now, what I have done is, is enough to keep me just going forward. Even though, yes, I may have doubts, I may have concerns, I may have frustrations, I may have worries. It doesn't matter. I'm okay right where I am. So what does that mean for me if I hit a crossroads where I'm going to need to make a difficult decision, if I don't have answers at that time, even though I become more intentional about that specific issue, it just means that I'm going to have to be patient. I'm going to have to be quiet. And maybe that does mean I expand my spiritual practice a little bit more to create this, the, this situation that will allow me to hear from God now i'm not saying this again as the guru i have definite times where i'm wondering if if i'm doing enough if what I'm doing in my life is exactly where God wants me. So I'm not answering the, this any of your questions when, I, when you come to me in my emails or, or my messages to ask me about prayer life. I come to you as someone who's always learning. Uh, one of the most powerful statements, and I know you've heard me say this before, is it's actually how I end my podcast, is the teacher teaches what she needs to hear, to learn, or heal. So whatever what word you want to put there, we're all on this journey together. But it's a reminder that what I'm offering you is also here for me. I'm not holding myself up to be holier than thou. I consider myself a, a, and indeed a broken human, and I am in a constant state of untangling, unlearning, and restructuring. So I also openly share about my struggles, about healing from my abuse, from religious trauma, and from some of my painful life experiences. And in order for me to keep my spiritual practice and my, my path clear, I also have accountability partners. I have used mental therapy in the past, so I'm sharing these things with you so that you understand there's many tools that may not necessarily be what you consider part of a spiritual practice, but are very much a part of your sacred container that can help you when you're trying to figure out a life situation. Okay, so circling back to prayer and how you think you might or might not be hearing from God, I have a question for you. What is it that you are desiring from your prayer life. And I'm not talking about the short prayer that you might say when you're looking for the, parking, uh, the perfect parking space. And I'm not, I'm not talking about anything like that. I am talking about the long game. The long game in prayer should be what is front and center. So some, some other examples of the short game kind of prayer would be like, God help me with my upcoming final exam. That's a one-off thing, just going to say that, God, help me with this. Or, God, I'm concerned about a health issue, and I want you to be with me during a, during my doctor visit that's coming up. Or, God, tell my roommate or my partner or my professor that they are an idiot. And here's here's my favorite one, God, please let my win, my team win the Super Bowl. Those are short-term prayers that really don't do much to help us with our spiritual practice. It does reflect on our connection to the physical. So if a lot of our prayers are about controlling the physical aspects of our lives, then that could point to something that may be lacking in your spiritual practice. Now, of course, there could be some valid concerns there. If you're concerned about your health or the health of another person, but that's the only time you're showing up, that's still considered a short-term prayer because we're not investing into the long-term relationship between us and the holy. So what does a long-game prayer look like? It looks like something like this. And these, these um, examples just came to me. So they for somebody out there. So I hope, I hope you receive this with a, an open heart. But here's one example. God, the bitterness I feel over a family situation is still with me, and I can't release it. It's impacting how I treat others, and it won't give me peace. Please, let's work together so that you can reveal in me what I'm refusing to see for myself and why I can't heal from this situation. That's a long game prayer. Here's another one. God, my worry and anxiety are paralyzing me. It has gotten worse as I age, and I lack the coping skills to figure this out, and I am so tired, God. Let's work together to help me unlock the true cause of my worry so that I can live with peace and joy. Now, do you feel that shift? Can you feel that in your soul, and your heart, the difference between a short game prayer where you're just asking for a one-off situation versus a long game where you're looking at how you show up, how you can have peace and joy in your life? Because I guarantee you the long game will never be about who wins the Super Bowl. I don't care if you are the owner of an NFL team who is undefeated and who is projected to win it. That is not a long game prayer. Sorry, NFL owners out there. The long game prayer is about you and God. It is about you and God. I'm going to say it one more time. It is about you and God. It's that space where you are inviting the holy to work with you in cooperation with you to heal what's broken inside when we spend time in our spiritual practices, inviting the sacred into those spaces that we guard the world from, everything will start to change for you. Someone recently wrote to me that, that they are afraid to pray, and this beautiful human has given me permission to mention her name. Her name is Jennifer She is such a lovely soul. I'm so honored by all the connections I'm making on all my social media platforms. But to stay on top of the backlog of messages and the emails, that would be a full-time job. So if you have one sitting out there, I'm very sorry that I'm delayed. Um, But this beautiful human reached out very early, and we've been able to stay connected. And she is an amazing writer, and she'll do something with that someday. So yes, Jennifer, that piece of spiritual wisdom is just for you. But she wrote to me one day and she simply said, Rev Carla, I'm afraid to pray. Now, that may be some of the most authentic words ever written. And it excites me on a spiritual level as, a, as someone who provided spiritual counseling, uh, one on one spiritual counseling with people for several years. That kind of honesty and vulnerability always signaled that the person was willing to move into a deeper, type of work that was going to be restorative and healing and I can work with that so that's a that was really exciting to see that so to enter this sacred space of God where God is inviting us to just be just be as we are where we're fully human but we're fully filled with our soul this soul that's in need of grace healing and love so After discussing this, I understand that so many people find those blocks about learning to pray because we haven't been taught to pray or we're fearful about it because we're afraid we're going to do it wrong. So how do we enter this sacred space with God? How do we prepare ourselves to enter this space so that it becomes something that can not only be restorative and healing, but it can be insightful and give us some of the answers that we are craving. And it is indeed prayer. I know you're going to get tired of me circling back to that because it truly is that simple. So here we are back to square one. Well, one of the reasons that people could be struggling for or trying to pray and having problems with it is because they're comparing their personal prayer life To their corporate prayer or their community prayer. And you know, if you've been in any kind of spiritual community or church, you know the kind of prayers that you're going to have. And a lot of that at times that transcends over into your personal life. And sometimes that just doesn't work. It's a different kind of prayer that we have in community than what we have in our personal lives. So what we have to do is kind of untangle from that kind of Example and and then look at what other kinds of prayers are available to us that are just as sacred and meaningful. So, this is where the individual experience and intuition come into play because prayer can be and often is something like a meditative walk. So, a meditative walk would be something where you're going to set out walking and you're going to maybe just meditate on a word or a phrase or if you're looking at for direction for something in your life it can be specifically that it's going to be some if i were wanting to know whether or not i should take this job in another city and let's say it's in san diego maybe that's what i'm going to just keep saying is san diego every step san diego and very intentionally walking very slow and just see what starts to show up for you. And, and, and again, it might not that might not be your word, but you can you can ask for what's r- rising up. Is it fear? Are you going to walk with fear and see what's coming up? Where is that? Why is fear always stopping you from moving forward? More than likely, there's something back there in your human experience that's stopping you, Inhibiting you from seizing on opportunities that are truly meant for you. Of course, meditation can be prayer. A song can be prayer. Dance can be prayer. Journaling, painting, chanting. Here is the question that we need to ask ourselves What does your soul need to connect to the holy? What does my soul need? to connect to the holy, not what your partner's soul needs, not what you see in church, not what you see on TV, not what you read. What does your soul need to connect to the holy? So instead of forcing ourselves into what we think prayer should be, it's time to explore what is working for us. And this is a wonderful time to consider ancestral discovery because where are your ancestors from? What rituals did they have around the sacred experiences? There might be something there that can help open up some sacred spaces in your religious heritage or your cultural heritage or just anything about you that can help you connect to God. We have lost so much of our heritage as we've evolved in technology and we've moved to different places and in industry now all of that now dictates our values and our time. Now for me, I have Native American um, ancestry in in my lineage. So very often I'll be in prayer and I'll be listening to music and I'm often called to dance and Finding out that I have that in my heritage just absolutely makes sense. So that's something that I very much will do. And I've already mentioned about doing a gratitude walk, but if you can't, if if no word is coming up for you as far as even if you're in the middle of some kind of crisis and you're trying to figure out direction for your life, it could be something as simple as when was the last time? that you express gratitude for everything in your life. If everything, especially this time of year, beloved, with everything that's been going on this year, it can feel so heavy, but you got out of bed this morning. You're breathing. You're still here. The sun came up. The birds are singing. The earth is still turning. I'm recording this and it's fall right now, so everything is changing. You're still here. So a gratitude walk sometimes is all we need to move away, shift our paradigm from all of our troubles and the heaviness of the world to consider our blessings. So if nothing else is coming up for you and prayer just simply isn't working, take off walking and with every step, name something that's working for you. You got a new pair of tennis shoes? That's a blessing. That's going to feel good on those feet as you're walking around. So those are kinds of active kinds of prayers. And of course, there's always time for silent contemplative prayer. But a lot of people who are just beginning a practice of any kind of spiritual practice, they it's, it's very common to, have, to struggle with being quiet. Because the ego very much wants to take current control of your time. Wants to distract you because that's, that's its job. Its job is to protect you from the mundane, from your worries, from threats. So that's going to take some time, but I would encourage you to at least try to spend a few minutes in contemplative prayer as well. And we'll spend more time on that in other episodes. But any one of these exercises that you're doing, it's just time to listen. Even if you're dancing, even if you're painting, just notice what's coming up. Just be present for nothing and everything. I want to say that again. Just be present for nothing and everything. Expect nothing. Yes, I know that seems like a paradox because that is indeed what spirituality is. We also come come to this place when we are speaking about spirituality where words will just fail us. But that's where God is. That's where the holy is. That's where the sacred is. That's the space we want to arrive where there's nothing and everything and we stop expecting answers because oftentimes, my dear, answers aren't going to come, especially when we're in this heightened state of control. But what what arrives for you is exactly what you need. I know that's another paradox, but this practice continues on like this, that where we learn to expect no answers, but still be at peace. Okay, so this type of spiritual practice, if you haven't picked up already, it is definitely more than just on Sundays. So often we allow organized religion to be the conduit for our spirituality and we are not clear where religion begins and where our own spiritual truth ends so dear ones religion was never meant to be responsible for the entirety of your soul yes it can bless it and it it can enhance it and it can enrich it of course you know i'm spiritual but not religious so i also know that it's not required But it was also never meant to be responsible for everything that you are, everything, all of your connection to God. So if that's happening for you, I encourage you to consider how your soul work would be better served by your taking a more active role in healing and expanding your soul. It's very common to just step out of the church doors on Sunday and then feel like, there, check that off. You've done your spiritual thing. Now, that isn't the experience for everyone. I know that. In some cases, religion does a beautiful job of encouraging individual growth while being a sacred place for community fellowship and worship. So I'm saying all of this just so if you do not feel you are hearing from God, this is the first thing I encourage you to look at. Not only what your spiritual practice is, how often are you practicing it and how responsible are you for it? So maybe you need to take a look at how you need to restructure your days and your time to create that space where you are able to be willing and open to hear from God. And it is a process. And it's also why I say to those of us who are spiritual but not religious, we actually have to incorporate more structure and use more effort to actually seek this spiritual connection because no institution, no community, no building, or no amount of corporate worship is responsible for our soul. It's it's totally between us and, and God. And if it is between you and God, then we each have a responsibility to strengthen our spiritual muscle just as we take care of all of the aspects of our mind and body which means we exercise our mind and our body we also have to exercise our soul that is the definition of soul work okay so let's say you've done all of this to create a spiritual practice inside your life and you're still feeling blocked or disconnected So one of my favorite tools to detangle from things that may be happening within you is journaling. And I know you've heard me say this before, but the reason that this is very common for to use journaling, because it's a beautiful way to slow down the mind. You have to think while you're writing, but it's also very common. I don't want you to feel frustrated because you're feeling blocked or you're even on some kind of plateau. This is a very common experience We can expect that with our mind if we have like a mental block and we can't remember someone's name or you just can't recall a certain fact, you kind of forgive yourself even if that's happening over and over again. As a matter of fact, when it does happen often, sometimes we'll even say, wow, I must need sleep or I must need water or I must need to get away from some of the stress. So in other words, you pick up the signals that something's going on in your mind needs a break. Same thing with the physical, if you know you're exhausted and you're just not feeling like you want to go out for a run, or you want to work out, or you just can't clean the house, or whatever it is, you know your body is giving you cues that you're exhausted, and you need to take a break. So just like with the mind and the body, there is such a thing as a spiritual block, and that can be a number for a number of reasons, just like with the mental block and the physical. So what is what does a spiritual block look like? And you may never have even considered that, but it is there. So now that you know that what um, you obviously know what a mental block is and a physical, uh, physical block, and you understand that a spiritual practice is going to take more than just that hour on Sunday, doesn't it make sense that if that's all we're giving it, then our spirituality is blocking our connections. So yes, we do have a spiritual block. But let's also look at some a- aspects of your life to let's see what, where you may be hearing from God and you're not even realizing it. So here's another question for you. Have you ever had a hunch about something that was so strong, so vivid, and so convincing that you went with it without, without knowing why? So can you think of a time that something just felt just off? something about the situation felt off. So you immediately changed plans. You withdrew from a relationship. You reversed a decision, all because there was just something. You couldn't get your arms around this feeling that something was just not right. Or how about this? Have you ever been thinking about someone and then all of a sudden your phone rings and it's them? Or you round the corner at the store and they're there? Or you receive news about that person. You're like, wow, I was just thinking about them and boom, there, there's information about them. Or how about this one? You sense something. Something's off. You're just, you're just sitting there reading your book or you're at the coffee shop and you're just reading or you're working on your computer, but something is off and you look up to indeed find someone staring at you. My friends, that is intuition. That is spiritual wisdom. You are connected. Do not dismiss these moments as just a coincidence or a hunch or a lucky guess. They are not For me, they happen way too often with way too much precision to be just coincidences. As a matter of fact, I've gotten to the point now, if someone's name drops into my head, I'll give them a call or I'll write something to them and say, hey, I was just thinking about you. Is everything okay? And nine times out of 10, they were either getting ready to call me or something is wrong. These are divine connections. And the more we work on our spiritual practices, our exercising, our soul work, the more these happen. My dear souls, we are hearing from God in a multitude of ways. And so when we look at all of that together, this is a wonderful way to understand that we can expand on our spiritual path. We can hear from God. But it may not look the way you're expecting it to look so we just end up dismissing it and this is where our humanness fails us because god is hiding in the everyday moments of our lives and i believe that if we work on these intuitive times where we're thinking about something or we just have these hunches this is the kind of spiritual wisdom or intent an intention that actually we can take into our time to prayer, in our, in our prayer time, whether it's our active prayer or our contemplative prayer, whatever it is, we can take those same kinds of situations. So let's say you thought about somebody and they showed up. What was that connection that allowed that to happen? Take that into your prayer time. Have you ever heard the phrase, seek God first? Now, as a former evangelical, that phrase would feel like a heavy weight because what does that truly mean to seek God? A lot of times that was an admonishment of some kind. So in other words, you might be asking questions and and have questions about your faith or a certain situation and all people would say to you is, well, you just need to seek God first as if you were not already doing that. And that really didn't help you on on your path. But my friends, this is exactly seeking God. When we understand that God is in all moments of our lives, everything changes when we see God in the everyday moments. When we see that there is holy all around us. When we begin to embrace this, our spiritual wisdom can begin to explode into an awareness that will help us in our truth, in our lives. Now, that doesn't mean that you don't seek wise counsel. It doesn't mean that you don't use your the brain that God gave you to use your um, to figure out the negatives and the positives of whatever situations that you're feeling. That's all part of the sacred experience. But bringing God into those moments when we work in partnership by making sure that our spiritual practice aligns with our desire to be connected to and to hear from God, then the shift begins to happen. And blessed be and amen. I know there's a lot to unpack there and that I will be teaching on this all throughout the week. So be sure to catch my blog and as well as my information on Facebook and Instagram. Okay, at the end of each podcast, I answer a question, and the question this week um, is this. How can a relationship work if you don't share the same religious and spiritual views? Well, some people who are very wise when they enter into a relationship will get some kind of counseling and that counseling may look like a lot of times they say one of the biggest failures in a relationship is not talking about finances or values or politics or even religion. So I would put religion as one of the top two things to discuss when you're going into a relationship. And it has happened quite often, even now, as I've been in a spiritual care as a spiritual care practitioner in with one-on-one clients, as well as some of the people who are contacting me now to say, I thought my partner believed this, but we are not aligned. And sometimes you can tell that it's it's going to be a challenge for them to work through this. So if you're already in a committed relationship, with someone that, that you care about, I would encourage you to move into some kind of spiritual care therapy. Now, whether that is with a licensed mental health therapist or you're going to work with a spiritual care practitioner or even both, and I would also encourage you to do so with someone who is more aligned in an interfaith or an interspiritual, someone who can try to be more objective than just what your views are. Because as an interfaith, interspiritual minister, I truly believe that As long as you're both willing to accept and embrace and honor your path to God, there's no reason that this has to be some kind of a uh, disruptive situation that ends a relationship. But it really depends on how deeply rooted you or your partner are in those views. If it's something where you think all of your religious views are black and white and your partner is wrong, there will be challenges. I'm not sure where the bridge will be built for either one of you to cross that. And that's what relationship is all about. Whether you're in a relationship with people, you know, a friendship with colleagues, whatever your school, you know, whatever you have, your roommates or someone who you're in a loving relationship, a lifelong partnership, it doesn't matter. our, Our responsibility is to find bridges, to find community, to find respect, to find Um, ways that we can get along with compromise through compromise. So there's room for that in religion and what our beliefs are if we believe there are many paths to God. So I encourage you if that's something where you and your partner are not able to speak with that that you find somebody who can be objective and open and help you with that and I pray blessings as you continue down that journey and I hope that that works out for you. Okay, beloveds, I'm honored to be in this space with you, and I pray that you received something. I know I did because the teacher teaches what she needs to hear. And now, go in peace and be at peace. Go and know that others are on this journey with you, and you are not alone. You are seen and deeply and unconditionally loved, just the way you are. And may you have blessings on your week. Bye for now. If you like what you heard today, be sure to like and subscribe to Spirituality Matters wherever you listen to podcasts. To submit questions to Rev Carla, email us at spiritualitymatters at revcarla.com. Follow at Rev on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, and Pinterest for more spirituality teachings. Check out her blog posts on revcarla.com and go ahead and sign up for email alerts while you're there so you don't miss a thing. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next week.